Let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this new day. Father, and we just ask now you'd be with the Sunday school class. Father, you'd help each and every person who comes in this morning to come apart from the world, set apart the cares and concerns they might have. They might learn, Father, and see something from your word that would be important in their lives. We ask you just bless this time, be with the morning service, the message, and the, the meal to follow. And we pray this all. I want to thank you for what you're going to do because we've prayed in that name above every name, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, now as soon as I get my stool, open your Bibles up to Genesis. Doesn't make a difference which chapter, they're all good. Open your Bible to Genesis chapter 16. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. I want you to understand something when you read your Bible. Realize that when it mentions something to deal with an Egyptian, it's never good. Because Egypt is a type of the world in the scriptures, and you'll find that in our lives so many times. Now, you say, why am I doing this? All the time, how many times have you heard me mention, please turn off your, your cell phones? Anything with that? I made sure mine is off, and Walter is smiling. We went to a men's meeting up at the Trinity Baptist in Rochester Friday night, and Everything went really well. We had the largest group. It was neat. There was 21 you know, teens and adult men who went up to, to the men's meeting. Singing was good. You know, there was probably 100 men together there singing. That's kind of a neat sound. Had a very good message. I brought, I brought home and showed my wife the notes as I uh, wrote that stuff down. We get all the way, just as he's closing, getting ready to do the invitation. My phone rings. And I had forgot to silence it. So I'm just glad I was. <laughs> now you know who called me. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, it rang in the middle of, just as he was saying, you know, please stand. Every head bowed. <laughs> so please make sure your phone is off because it can be used of the devil to work against the moving of the Holy Spirit. I was just glad there was probably close to 20 men at the altar. So. As he said, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from, from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid, that it may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And he went unto Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. It's another thing. I am glad that I'm saved, and I'm not a Mormon. And Syria said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee, I have given my maid unto thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. And Abram said to Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt 
hardly whither she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by a fountain in the way to Shur. And she said, and he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, whence comest thou? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Now, what does Ishmael mean? God shall hear. And he will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Beer Laharoi. Laharoi. Behold, it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare, Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. Now what we see here, what I want you to realize, the scriptures tell us in Romans 15 and verse 4, what sort of things are written aforetime are written for our learning, that we through what? Patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Patience is one of the most important things in the Christian life because the world is a right now society. I don't care what country you go to. It's right now. Okay, now I want you to understand. It says, what sort of things are written aforetime are written for your learning that you through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Psalm 27 and verse 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. See, and I've got a bunch of scripture verses I want you to look at before we get into the lesson, because I want this point driven home to you. Turn to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. See, when you see blessings, or it seems like God not bringing judgment down on the lost. God is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but long-suffering, patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For they shall soon be not be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and what? Wait how? Patiently for him, fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because the man that bringeth wicked devices to pass. Look at Psalm 40 and read verse 1 with me out loud. Psalm 40 and verse 1. You ready? Psalm 40 and verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. 
and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Okay, go to Psalm 130. Look at verses 5 and 6. Wait for the Lord. I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning, I say, more than they that watch for the morning. See, you waiteth for the Lord. Look at Psalm 62. Psalm 62. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. Your soul is who you are. You're a spirit, soul, and a body. The flesh is the flesh. All human flesh is the same. I don't care if it's Asian or African or Caucasian European. It's the same flesh. It's the same blood. Okay? Your soul is how you differ from another person. The spirit is given from God. Truly my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. How long will he imagine mischief against a man? Ye shall be slain, all of you, as a bowing wall shall ye be, in a tottering fence. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. Selah. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from whom? Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Are you getting the picture? Turn to Isaiah 40. Verse 28. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, feigneth not, neither is weary? Sometimes you think when you're weary, that God's not able. Neither is, he, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no mighty increase his strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that what? See, it's not you waiting. It's who you're waiting on. It's where you look that your patience is going to come from. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You getting a picture? Lamentations. Little book right after Jeremiah. Lamentations 25. Or, or Lamentations 3.25. If you can find Lamentations 25, you've got a different Bible than me. Lamentations 3, verse 25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and what? You ever see people waiting sometimes? They're just whining as they have to wait. 
That's because they're not waiting on God. We've all been guilty of that at some time. If you say you've never been guilty of that, I know now you've sinned in lying. Okay? You can't get away from it. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 8 says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. And so now we're going to see this morning... Okay, your memory verse is rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. And we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. We see here that God had given Abram a promise. He promised him a son. And all they had to do was to wait patiently by faith for God to do so. Turn to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. (laughs) I want you to understand, God doesn't rehearse the Old Testament saints' sins in the New Testament. He doesn't. People go, I can't forget. I lived loud this in my life. I've sinned. Some, I, I don't know if God can forgive me. I may have lost my salvation. If thou will confess thy sins. Right? If thou confess your sins, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He doesn't rehearse that which you give him in the ears of others. That ought to be a good key for you when you don't know whether other people have repented or not. Charity suffereth long and is kind, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly. Right? Seeketh not her own. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. We have a tendency to rehearse other people's sin. You don't know whether they've given it to God or not. You may know about the sin, but you don't know about their actions yet. So you've got to wait on God, because God's the one who will reveal things in his time. You getting the picture of what I'm trying to show you? Abraham gave him the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and the oath for confirmation is to them the end of all strife. When God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, will you please mark that down in your brain? We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor 
of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into within the veil, whither the forerunner for us entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Our high priest is the one we're supposed to take it to. Amen? Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly and hardy, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. They had to wait patiently. Your patience is a reflection of your faith. People will say sometimes, I just had to do something. No, you don't have to do something. You have to wait on someone. Sarah was about 76 years old, and she was growing impatient. She knew God had promised. Abraham had told her, she had been told, but had a hard time understanding why it wasn't now. She's 76, I'm getting too old to have kids. Man, I, I can't handle their emotions. I don't want to, you know, if I get any older, man, you know something? By the time they grow up, I'm going to be 100. I can't deal with this. <laughs> It was a common custom among the pagan people of biblical times when they could not have a child to have their handmaiden, their bond slave, to bear children for them. I was just reading an article last night about the problems of people who are surrogate parents for others and the concern they have sometimes when they carry another woman's baby they have a child for someone else, for a woman who can't carry them. What happens to that baby? And what kind of family is it brought up in? So what I'm trying to tell you, things that were done in biblical times one way, they're done the same way. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just done through a more scientific method today. You know, and science is the answer to everything, right? No. God's word is. She turned to the world for help. I told you, it made sure that you understood back in our text, so turn back there to Genesis chapter 16, that you knew that Hagar was a what? An Egyptian. An Egyptian. Look at verse 4. And he went in to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, she was despised in her eyes. The Lord's judge between me and thee. See, now, what is Sarai saying? Because I couldn't wait. I gave her to you, and now it's your fault. She's a problem for me. Ladies, you need to understand, sometimes, you know what? Husbands just look at you and go, what do you want? Be careful, because if he gives you what you want and it doesn't make you happy, then you can't turn back around. But there's a rule of thumb here. Men, you're always responsible, according to the word of God. Do you hear me? 
She won't let me lead in the home. <laughs> Tell that to God at the judgment seat of Christ. You're going to be held accountable for how you led. I didn't say dominate, domineer, not walk together with someone. I said how you led. And the Bible teaches about Christ's leadership and servant leadership. See, but what happens here? Sarah lost patience waiting on God. So she came up with another plan, and of course it had to involve the world. How many Christians do you know that get involved with the world in bringing about their plan? And then you wonder why they pull away from God when their plans don't work out because then it becomes God's fault. Abraham lost patience. He was affected by Sarah's lack of patience. So he gives into her scheme. Be very careful. You need to listen to your wife and talk things through with your wife, men. But when it is her feelings and her feelings go contrary to what God's word says, you reject the counsel of your wife and you lead in your home. Because faith should not be controlled by feelings. It controlled Sarai's and it cost. Abraham, the father of faith, you know, we get to see, when you read the Old Testament, again, it's not rehearsed in the New Testament. But Abraham was weak in faith as he was maturing in the Lord. Isn't it neat that God could forgive the things that Abraham did? If any of you husbands here turned around and offered your wife to another man to save your hide, what do you think she'd think of you? And Abraham did it not once, but twice. And it was such a thing that, guess what? His son Isaac followed in the same manner. But God, being who he is, can overcome that, can he? But it involves waiting patiently on him. I've seen men come in my office, men and women, they get a mess. The husband has done something, the wife can't trust him. And he goes, I don't want to lose my marriage. I'm not talking about anybody in this church. Because I get people coming to me from a lot of different churches for whatever reason. I run into people in Walmart and they say, thank you, Pastor. They don't come to this church. And she said, we did what you said and we're still together. And I've told men, you messed up. You're going to eat crap for about three years. Well, I don't think I can do that. And I says, okay, then destroy your marriage, destroy your children, and set it up so they're going to fail too. Because God resisteth the humble but giveth grace. I mean, God resisteth the proud but giveth grace unto the humble. Got to get that right. Okay, he doesn't give grace to the proud. Because pride gets in the way of faith. Because pride has a certain expectation with a certain timetable. Yes. 
Abram loses patience. And both of them tried to help God accomplish his plan. You ever do that? You got to help God out? God doesn't need your help. He needs you to wait on him. I've seen people, you know, <laughs> he that intermeddleth with a matter that is not his is like taking what? A dog by the ears. Do it enough times, you're going to get bit. Right? You can't get away from it. When God gives a promise, there's often a gap between giving of the promise and the fulfillment. You need to cling to the promise, not to the circumstances. What is the promise that God's given you? God prepares the arena of faith in our life. And he does that through making us wait. This past week, probably with four different people that I talked to, I've talked to Pastor Kenny about a couple of them, I told them that God's way is not your way. And that God many times won't deliver you and through the scriptures you see it over and 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 over again. Not by the mouth of two or three witnesses. God doesn't keep his children from the adversity. He goes through it with them and brings them out the other side. Because... Tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh. You've got to learn to apply that to your lives. Learn from what it cost Abraham. Learn to what it has cost the world because of one woman's emotions and one man's weakness in his faith. Because he couldn't wait patiently on God and tell Sarai, I know you want a baby. I know this is the way the world does it, but that's not the way God wanted us to do it. He promised you and me. So we have to stick with what God says. It always comes down to what God says. And that doesn't vary. God is not a man that he should lie. He allowed the patience to grow stronger. God was waiting for them to get old so he could give them a son. If they'd had a child, you know that there's women today who get pregnant at 60. Why on earth? I don't know. But I've read something the last couple of years. Between what science can do, But there comes a certain point when it says that their body was dead to that. That's when you know it's a miracle of God. It can't be explained or demonstrated in science. Like what happened when the Egyptians, the world, could imitate the miracles that God gave Moses to a certain point, And then they couldn't. 
and they saw that it was the finger of God. But as long as they could imitate it, they didn't see God in it. Abraham and Sarah had to wait. God was trying to teach them. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 8, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into the place which he should after receive inheritance, obeyed, he went out, and not knowing whither he went. The only problem was, what did he do? He partially obeyed because he brought Lot with him. Did that cost Lot anything? See, the rule of thumb that we used to teach in the addictions program is our sinful habits do affect those who follow us. If you're the man, you're to be the head in the home. I said, that doesn't make you a, a dictator. Because two got to walk together unless they be agreed. Can they walk together? No, they're not going to. My wife has kept me from more problems. Good counsel. Scriptural counsel. But if it's an emotion or a feeling, then we sometimes... Become juxtaposed, don't we? All right? By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac, Jacob, and heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith Sarah received, herself received strength to conceive, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful that had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude. That was the promise given him in, in Genesis 15. And the sand, which is by the sea, innumerable. These all died in what? Having received the promises, but, not having, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. God will do it in a way that God gets the glory. He doesn't do it in a way to make you happy. God's not concerned about your happiness. He's concerned about your holiness. Your holiness is tied directly to your faith. And your faith is tied to, are you willing to wait on God? Abram should have rested in God the same as it did in Genesis 15, 12 through 18. And it says, and he believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness sake. You know what happens? Our unbelief often rubs off onto who? Others. You better be careful who you listen to. If I can't support, and Pastor Kinney can't support what we're saying from the pulpit, Scripture with Scripture with Scripture, make sure, if you think it's our personal opinion, there's old colloquialisms, too crass for me to mention, about opinions are like. Okay? 
So be careful with that. There's a pattern you see. Now, who was held more accountable? Adam or Eve? Who was deceived? Adam chose to listen to his wife more than to obey God. Abram chose to listen to his wife. Don't you know the Bible tells you, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. What does the scripture teach in this? Dwell them according to knowledge. Look at the pattern there. But then it also says, honoring the wife. Make her feel special. Don't treat her like a servant. Don't treat her like a dog. Don't treat her like the receptacle that's supposed to give you children. Honor her as the weaker vessel and as heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not. Your faith is tied to your prayers. Can we learn from the lesson of Abraham here? Be careful. Your unbelief will rub off onto your children. Because they will do what they see you do. They will make important what you make important. I pray so many times that my children are stronger in faith than I am. Back in our text, Hebrews chapter 16. Still with me this morning? In Hebrews chapter 16, verse 7, we find what? We find Hagar. Through no choice of her own, because she was a handmaid. Genesis, what did I say? I apologize. If you can find Hebrews chapter 16, you've got to... Okay. Genesis chapter 16, verse, <laughs> verses 7 through 16, you find the story of Hagar. She becomes pregnant with a child that causes enmity between her and Sarah. That's why I said, I thank God I'm not a, a, a Mormon. They believe it's okay. It's the law of the United States of America that keeps them from having multiple wives, and there's still enclaves of them that still do that. I read an article around the world. Do you know, in South America, in a Spanish culture, he doesn't necessarily marry the woman, but a man is considered with his wife and how many mistresses he can keep. In Islamic countries, men have more than one wife. I always think it's funny why American women, liberal women, want what the world has to offer them. You ever think about that? There's nothing new under the sun. That's why it's imperative that Christian women be biblical women and understand one man, one woman, the way God made them. This is adult Sunday school class, right? 
you know there's a, there is a transgender female down south who's being sent to a man's prison because she was convicted of raping a woman, a teenage girl. And because she could do that, they put her, according to the world standards, you can't choose. They choose their own gender. She's going to a man's prison. I wonder how that's going to go. Sarah was naturally jealous. Didn't solve the problem, did it? Can you imagine Hagar going, I may be your servant, but that's my baby. So what had happened? Sarah had made her choice. Abraham let her have that choice. And then she was unhappy with that choice. You know, so, you know, a person I don't condemn? I don't condemn Job's wife. People say, well, she's a horrible wife. No, she watched her husband suffer horribly. She went by her emotions and said, Why, how can you keep your integrity? I'm not quoting it. But she's saying, how can you keep your integrity? Curse God and die. Why would you want to live? We've lost our children. You know, you can overcome financial things. But man, when a woman's child is taken... It destroys so much. It hurts so much. And she's looking at that and saying, how can you do this? Because she's in bitterness of soul in her emotions. And what did Job say to her? Why speakest thou as the foolish woman speaketh? Okay. It was Sarah's, Sarah's idea. Abraham got blamed for it. For Hagar's behavior. See that in verse 5 of the text. So Sarah treats her badly because Abraham said, you brought her into me. I just did what you said. Oh, gee. That's a dumb man. Abraham, father of faith. So she treats him badly, or treats uh, Hagar badly. She runs off in the wilderness to escape. And there the angel the Lord found her. And there she received water and she received encouragement. He, the Lord told her to go back to Sarah. The Lord told her her seed would be greatly multiplied. Now the promise was to Abraham's seed. But now because Abraham didn't write, guess who also got blessed to multiply? The Lord told her she'd have a son and call his name Ishmael. He warns that he will be a wild man. Mm. Abraham was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Was Ishmael the son God promised? I won't take you there for the sake of time, but in Genesis 25, Ishmael fathers 12 sons. Isn't it interesting he had what? The devil always tries to imitate what, the, what God will do beforehand. Just a little thing I want you to think about. What happened to the descendants of Ishmael? Who are they today? 
Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Damascus. Hmm? They end up even now. What do you have? Muhammad, 612 AD. He was supposedly the 70th descendant of Ishmael. Jordan, Saudi Arabia are Ishmael's modern borders. In Sarah and Abraham trying to help God out and not waiting, they gave birth to what is going on in the Middle East today. That's biblical history. They gave birth to it. The father of faith. And Sarah, not weak in faith, though her womb was dead. I want you to understand, why there is life, why there, hope, why there is life, why there is breath, there is hope, and the end of a thing could be better than the beginning. Because Abraham is seen in the New Testament a certain way. But I want you to understand, when you look at the scriptures, you were to learn from the scriptures. In what ways do we get ahead of God? Do you choose an occupation too soon? Do you choose a relationship too soon? Do you buy things too soon? I was having a conversation with Michael. We, he was talking about certain medications you take. There are certain times you know, I'm hurting bad, and I take strong narcotic pain medicine. I either take oxycodone or hydrocodone. That's not the time for me to have a credit card in my hand. Boy, that looks awful good. I need that to hunt next year. Judy goes, honey, what's this, Bill? I... Buying things too soon? How many things have come into your life getting ahead of God by you not praying and being patient? When we put matters in our own hands, we put it ahead of God. And in so doing, you're acting like you know more than God knows. It may always be longer than you want. But God's timing is always right. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The lesson we can learn from this, as you see it, it was written for our learning that we through patience, and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The hope is, if you messed it up already, guess what? The end of it's more important than the beginning. But realize your choices do have a lasting effect. Amen? And all God's people said? And I'm done at quarter after. Take a break. <laughs> Five more minutes. <laughs> okay. I can take you to more verses on patience. <laughs>